Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation with your hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today. Okay, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly. We're back in the studio again, and we had such a rocking and rolling time last time talking with Tracy Siegel, our local and fabulous nutritionist, but we had so much to talk about, as usual, because this is a conversation that just doesn't quit. We had to invite her back again, so welcome, Tracy. Hello, thank you for having me back. Tracy. And we love having you, and we talked about so many things and so many diets, and we actually forgot to talk about one. So I wanted to ask you today, there's a big one that everybody's doing, and I've tried it as well. It's called intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Could you address that and let us know the few different types and what you think about that as as a plan? Yeah, sure, Kyle. Thank you. So intermittent fasting is, it's an it's an amazingly effective tool to aid with weight loss, to help if people are presenting in a pre-diabetic or insulin resistance. Um, really the concept of intermittent fasting is for the body, for you to fast, to have the body utilize existing resources instead of depending upon um, you know, current Um, glucose for energy so basically what the recommendations are because there's multiple ways to do this so if someone were just coming into my office um, new to intermittent fasting needing to lose weight my recommendation would be that they would perhaps start at 12 hours so maybe they stop eating by 7 p.m and then they don't eat anything maybe they could have a cup of black coffee in the morning but they don't eat anything until 7 a.m. the next morning. Mm -hmm. We start with 12 hours. We see how they do. Okay. They feel fine. We bump it up to 14 hours. So really the idea is to get anywhere between 14 to 16 hours. Now where people need to be really careful, especially women, is when you're fasting, you should be doing just that. You should be fasting. Your body should not be going into perceived starvation mode because if it perceives starvation, it's going to have negative implications from a hormonal perspective, Okay, which is the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. And so, you know, one, one good way to start is maybe you fast one day and you don't fast the next. So maybe you fast on a Monday, you don't fast on Tuesday, you fast on Wednesday, you don't fast on Thursday. When so you, you say stagger. 12 hours, the 12 hours. So you do, you maybe start with 12. If you're feeling comfortable and you can go up to 14 to 16, great. But I would stagger the days. Okay. Um, you Does know, it the, matter what you're eating in between, though? I mean, it's not like you can eat anything. Well, you absolutely should be eating anything. You know, really, um, because the, the ultimate purpose is to create and achieve better health Mm -hmm. so you really want to follow kind of the concept of this whole foods diet and Mm -hmm. we talked about in the last Mm -hmm. segment all of the options that are readily available for you to follow don't break it with a donut right please don't break it with the donut (laughs) um right but really um you know, especially if you have some excess belly fat to lose, intermittent fasting can be highly effective for that. So as you start to get more comfortable with this, you don't have to stagger the days. Um, I typically recommend people do it Monday through Thursday and okay. then maybe take take the weekend off. 
I don't say take the weekend off and have it be a free for all. Mm-hmm. You know, you should still stay within, you know, the recommendations of, you know, a whole foods diet. You're just maybe, you know, maybe you're eating a little bit later or you're having breakfast as a family. You know, you're just enjoying your time together. The other thing you can do is you can eat within a eight hour time frame. So this one seems to be a little bit more difficult for people. They like the idea of stopping in the evening and then starting again in the day. But you can condense all of your meals into one eight-hour time frame. What is that time frame normally? You could eat at 10 a.m. and you'd stop eating eight hours later. Like 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m. But you wouldn't want it to go into the later hours of the evening. No. So it's not any eight-hour period. Right. You would want to do late morning to early early evening and you could do that for a couple days Mm -hmm. and again that one seems to be a little bit more challenging Mm -hmm. and less less inviting to most people but it is also it is also an option you know there are many people out there that are doing 24-hour fasts you know fasting can be really phenomenal for the body Um, if you present with hypoglycemia that's typically not something that I do you know um, I have hypoglycemia so I can make it around 12 hours and I feel really good at 12 hours but Anything exceeding that 12 hours, I can really start to feel my body start to shift and Mm -hmm. I start to get shaky and it's like, okay, we've had enough. So I know it's time to feel my body. Shakiness, Um, dizziness, feeling starving, beware. That's an important caveat when it comes to that. That is absolutely important. So, you know, if if something, if, if intermittent fasting and... To be honest with you, intermittent fasting is very complementary to all of the other diets that Mm -hmm. we talked about too. So it's not like you have to choose one or the other. You can do intermittent fasting with keto. You can do intermittent fasting with paleo. You can do intermittent fasting with a mixed bag of paleo meats, meats, Mediterranean Mm -hmm. meats, keto. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they all kind of work really, really well together. It can just be a highly effective way to get the body to just utilize what it has instead of you know, depending on on new sources of fuel. And there must be some point in the um, lack of digestive action that the fact that the digestive system gets a rest. It gets a huge break. Think about how much we snack in our country. Over and over, late night snacking. You hear everybody say that, I can't stop. Yep. That late night snacking, and it can't be good for our bodies. So I work with Tracy, so I get the advantage of asking her questions every day. So um, you've talked about MCT oil as being a way of breaking an intermittent fast. Mm-hmm. Can you explain how that works? So, And what MCT oil is, <laughs> MCT please. MCT oil is medium chain triglyceride. Right. It is just a really, uh, it's a healthy fat. It's a great, easily digestible, easy, easily convertible um, um, fat. And, you know, some of my clients, you know, they're okay with breaking their fat, but maybe they don't feel hungry enough. So maybe they break their fast at, you know, 10 o'clock, and then they have a cup of um, coffee with some MCT oil, so it's called Bulletproof Coffee. So mm-hmm. it's MCT oil or a little bit of butter and coffee. Mm-hmm. And then that will sustain them into lunch. And that doesn't raise their blood sugar. It, it doesn't raise the blood sugar. So there's this fuel. controversy about whether technically you're breaking your right. fast or not because you're not putting any glucose in the blood, but you are putting energy into the body. So... Mm-hmm. You know, you are, I guess in some ways you are breaking your fast, but it's not from a sugary mm-hmm. source. It doesn't so have a huge agenda for it, the digestion. It does not. And yeah. so it actually can have much more benefit to the body mm. as we've talked about how critical healthy fats are to 
every function in the body. But my question about that is that if you're on the keto diet, I see mm-hmm. that your body has learned to shift to yeah. that fat as an energy source. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's not on a keto diet and on a vegetarian diet, are they still going to get the energy from that fat in the same way? Is it a different type of bo- a boost? So it depends on, you know, if they if they're even if they're on a vegetarian diet, they can still have a higher fat diet. So they can still be more of a fat burner. Okay. Again, it would really depend upon the individual themselves. But yes, it is possible if their body is reliant on more um, foods that have a glycemic response, Mm -hmm. then no. Because it takes a long time for the body. So if you are in a state of hypoglycemia, I would not recommend you have fats. Low blood sugar. That's what I was thinking. You need to have something that's actually going to elevate those Mm -hmm. glucose. Now, what you could do is have some berries and some nuts or, you know, you could do something like that where the berry is going to give you just enough... um, or date maybe right some or some dates okay yeah absolutely I was some... just thinking about this if you really are in a, a fat burner mm-hmm. for your source of energy it, mm-hmm. it may not it may satiate you in a funny way but it's not going to give you it's the not going to give you the energy that fuel. you necessarily the brain fuel need. that you might need absolutely yeah okay great well that's great because I, I think intermittent fasting seems to be the thing these days and we really did need to talk about it yeah and it is highly effective. But you need to make, again, make sure you're doing it correctly. So one of the things at WTF that we are super aware of is the connection between hormonal health and nutritional health. And so, so often, I know Candace talks to people all the time on the phone, and I see patients in my office, and Tracy sees a lot of my patients now because she's right down the hall from me. And a lot of times we are dealing with women who have hormonal issues in different phases of their lives, and we're faced with the challenges of, how to tell women at different, we've talked about all these different plans and we're clear on, I think we're all clear on that there's no one size fits all, there's many sizes that work for many, and how to pick them up at different phases of our lives, we might need different plans. So we thought we'd sort of group it into uh, right now talking about the different phases and we'll talk about the child rearing years Mm -hmm. to start with because that's where it all begins. In our early 20s, we're not going to talk about teens today, but let's talk about the 20s into the early 30s. The fertile years, the the child rearing years. The child rearing years and how these women are being, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people we're seeing now, are facing problems with um, heavy periods, cramps, endometriosis, feeling bloating, Mm -hmm. PMS, they have sugar cravings. And some of them are maybe seeking pregnancy at that age. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are, and they're not ovulating. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that we can advise women to, to what kind of diets or, or nutritional plans, let's call them, can we steer mm-hmm. women towards to sort of correct some of these imbalances? So for someone presenting in, in our office with um, all of the symptoms that you've um, described above, you know, for me, I would just start with, you know, what is digestion? What does their diet look like? What does digestion look like? Are they having a lot of bloating? Do they have a lot of gas pain? What um, what are, you know, are they having appropriate bowel movements? Are they, you know, really evacuating their bowels as they should? Because, you know, as much as we don't want to talk about that, that tells a lot about our overall health and well-being. You know, looking at liver liver support, you know, making sure that the liver is functioning and helping eliminate you know those recycled hormones you know is the lymphatic system moving working the way that it's supposed to are they moving their bodies Mm -hmm. you know a big part of this but from a dietary perspective is really eliminating carbohydrates 
carbohydrates, especially if you have someone presenting with a lot of dysbiosis and dysbiosis meaning they have a, you know, inconsistent amount and an an appropriate ratio of good to bad bacteria. And if Mm -hmm. the bad bacteria is thriving, they're going to have a lot of digestive issues. And so, um, and there are more digestive issues, especially if someone's coming off of birth control pills, there can be some presence of dysbiosis. So looking at digestive enzymes, looking at eliminating or, or reducing processed carbohydrates, increasing fats, good proteins, you know, someone like that would probably categorically fit under the keto diet and intermittent fasting really well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about they're having a lot of anxiety. So giving a lot of healthy fats to somebody because don't forget, we've got that gut-brain connection. So mm-hmm. when you have a lot of inflammation in the gut, you tend to have more depression and more anxiety. So really kind of getting that inflammation down will help overall systemic health. I think some of the conversations I've had with so-called millennials or younger women who are they may be in school still, they may be carrying a a full-time job and their studies. Mm -hmm. They're trying to stay thin and beautiful because they're at the shank of their lives and, you know, the world is their oyster and they're working out excessively. And we see in hormone test results that their progesterone is often low. Mm -hmm. They may be estrogen dominant and they're not, they're gaining weight and they can't lose it. Mm -hmm. So, and often they're vegetarian too. And they will admit to me that their go-to is carbs. Yep. Mm-hmm. And their so cortisol I think, is out of whack. Oftentimes. And their cortisol is often even low, yes. like really it's low. crazy how low yeah. some of these hormone yep. profiles are in young women these days. It's really... It sh- is. It's fr- even estrogen levels are low sometimes, and t- especially when they come off the birth control Well, especially, pills. yeah. It takes a long time for that to rebound. So they're not going to feel... So think about menopausal women, how they feel with low estrogen. They feel yep. foggy, low mm-hmm. memory, low mood. If you're young in your 20s and your estrogen levels are low, so we're always talking about too much, but sometimes it's too little. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, that's where I often remind them, especially if they are vegetarian or <clears throat> on any number of restrictive diets, so constantly people saying, I eat clean, and that means a lot of restriction. Mm-hmm. Um, it can often mean that. Just the reminder yep. of, as you mentioned, the good fats and the good proteins, mm-hmm. which are the backbone of hormone production. Yes. So we, you know, we have to remind them cholesterol mm-hmm. is the backbone b- yep. bone of steroid hormones. So yep. we need those good fats. And um, a lot of people are onto that, but a lot of people are not um, really aware. So They're I think that's hugely. Their bodies by trying mm-hmm. to be thin. Yeah. And, you know, so it's hard. And on hip hop diets, my own daughter went through that quite a bit. She was way too heavy and then she was way too thin. And, oh, yeah. you know, she's tried every single restrictive diet. Now she's a health coach and, and she's she's maintained her weight and she's she's looking fantastic. But again, she's like you. She added in all the good things that created yeah. a balance. So I, I do think it's, you yeah, some diets mm-hmm. are, as you say, uh, for these folks, the keto and the intermittent fasting can be because that allows the good fats and the good proteins. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I, I did want to chime in with B vitamins, too, mm-hmm. which are so important mm-hmm. to ovulation. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, the formation of the corpus luteum, which is that lovely magical organ that forms from the ruptured follicle that makes progesterone the whole second half of the cycle. So getting the bees in and the dark leafy greens and what else? And Wheat germ. And the protein and the fat, you have to have those for ovulation too. Yeah. The women are too thin and they can't, and they don't have enough Big fat point. stores. They don't have enough yeah. estrogen to, to prime the pump and to have ovulation. So there's mm-hmm. many reasons why you, you don't ovulate. 
Yeah. Pretty complicated stuff. So moving on to the next phase that we tend to see a Mm -hmm. lot of is the perimenopausal woman. Wouldn't you say, Candace? Oh, yeah. Anywhere from, so what it says describing menopause, we know, I think we've talked about this before in a previous podcast, is the actual cessation of menses for 12 months and beyond. Mm -hmm. So it's a retrospective diagnosis or the removal of ovaries. It's it's always a slam dunk. That's menopause. Overnight into menopause. Yeah, overnight sensation. Um, But so then we have the perimenopause, which is about 10 to 15 years prior to menopause. menopause. Average age of menopause is 51. Mm -hmm. So we're talking 35, maybe 33, and up. Up and through, so we see depending on the amount of stress, I think oh starts earlier. It does. Or how many the er- kids the more you stress have, you are. Yep. There's so in, many factors, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. I think we see women all the time coming in. I just don't know what's wrong with me. One woman said to me today, "Women just don't talk about this stuff." And I said, "Oh, we do at our podcast. <laughs> we talk about it frankly." Yeah. But a lot of women don't have somebody to talk to. Right. So it's important that we get this message out. So perimenopause. What are you seeing? Well, I, I just, I remember when I was still working in the hormone testing world of, you know, laboratories and seeing lots of test results, younger and younger women uh, going into menopause when we use, uh, perimenopause, which is peri meaning nearing the menopause, which can last eight to 10 years, even more, and does seem to start, we started noticing it's starting earlier and earlier mm-hmm. because we're living, we used to think, didn't you think, Kyle, more like mid-40s? Oh, yeah. when Early 40s, mid-40s, the 40-something woman was the one that was in perimenopause when hormones are going to physiologically do their dance, and they're Mm going to start to shift, and they're going Mm -hmm. to fluctuate. So you've got highs, and you've got lows, and those are the classic roller coaster years where the Mm -hmm. symptoms can be really out of the box, and women Mm -hmm. say dramatic things, don't they? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I talked to a woman the other day who... What, oh, no, it was today, actually, this morning. She said, I just want to kill my husband every month, and I love my children, but I just want to close the door and say goodbye. I know. And, you know, these, and, and feeling so, like, who am I? Well, I, I, had don't... A, I had a gal yesterday I've been seeing for 10 years, and she and she has some she has some issues, some underlying mental health issues, and she has a lot of anxiety, but she said to me yesterday, Kyle, I'm just so sick of this. I just want it to be done, maybe I want to die. And I thought, whoa. Okay, but you know, it's not that uncommon. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to trade this person in for that person that used to feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really pretty dramatic. And that person often also is the one, she's in the thick of it, right? She's in her 40s. She's probably got a career path. She may be highly successful. She's in the thick of raising kids that are either, you know, eight eight years old or they're teens. She's trying to go to the gym and get rid of, she's got belly fat for sure and sugar sugar cravings and probably some depression insomnia and she's not sleeping well right so So, that scenario so tracy challenge (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a big one that's one that you walk down the hall (laughs) to tracy's office well what i do now it's so fun i have tracy's moved in on my side of the clinic so it's even better i just walk i walk down the hallway and i literally (laughs) knock on her door let's talk about is there any time for you to see this patient and it's so fun because when her schedule is summertime now so it's not as busy People can literally walk in her office and I hand her off. And now I do the hormone balance and then Tracy talks about nutrition. And it just is a slam dunk. I I do think a lot of these women aren't eating either. They don't know what to eat anymore. Well, And they're desperate to lose the belly fat. It's so... It's so complicated because <laughs> you know it's I, I wish there was just one magic recommendation for these women because they come in the office and they're just they're just desperate and they look defeated and they feel defeated they do yeah and you can actually their overwhelm is palpable 
you know, and so, and it just makes you want to help them. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's, it's looking at the whole picture and it's not just one recommendation, but a bunch of recommendations. And, you know, we talk about stress and environmental stress, but one of the things that I think is really, really critical is internal stress. Stress, whether it be based on what we're eating, mm-hmm. and the body has a stress response. Inflammatory response. Whether it has this inflammatory response. A bigger thing, too, is also what we're putting on our bodies and on our skin. Mm-hmm. Our toxic exposure is exponential. You know, from face creams to sunscreens, detergents to now. sunscreens, mm-hmm. you know, they all act as endocrine disruptors. Big, so, big topic for xenoestrogens, yes. one one of our episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll and so that. that needs to be, that is also a part of the conversation of, you know, what type of products do you use? Have you been exposed mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, certain chemicals? And if you have, you know, let's work on, you know, getting rid of that. Um, again, it's, you know, are you, are you eating? You know, when I look at food journals and I see like, their food is very, it's sparing. Like, so now they've gone beyond this concept of intermittent fasting and they've moved into this starvation mode. So now they're having this metabolic slowdown. Mm -hmm. So everything they eat, their body is just holding. So that's where we have conversations around, I want you to do some intermittent fasting and then I want you to have some bulletproof coffee. I want you to have fats. I want you to have some fats at every meal. I want you to start fueling your body. I recommend digestive enzymes for these women prior to each meal so that their body starts breaking down. We typically do some form of probiotic to balance out the good to bad bacteria. Um, you know, so my focus typically with these women is starting in the gut mm-hmm. and kind of working working outwards. Um, another big thing is the voices that they're using with themselves. We mm. would never speak to another human being the way that we speak to ourselves. <laughs> oh, I'm God. such a bad person. I hate myself. Uh, I'm fat. I'm ugly. Yeah. I'm worthless. I can't. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I can't fit into my pants. And so it, it mm-hmm. perpetuates this vicious cycle. So mm-hmm. they're either starving and then overeating. You know, so it or and so they're doing this. Being, this I'm being bad. Right. And so they... They fall into this category of, you know, I'm fat, and so they withhold, and then they, you know, we tend to, then we overeat. So it's really kind of breaking a lot of those cycles and a lot of those patterns and getting down underneath what's really going on. And the relationship to food is huge. And the relationship is huge because a lot of it, when especially women within this category, stress eating is is mm-hmm. a, it's it's big. It's really really big. So, so, if you, so if, for example, though, I mean, those are all wonderful suggestions, and that's a different category. You know, you're de- you're dealing with the inside out. So, if, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking to myself as somebody who's a very stressed out person who's got kids to raise, on yeah. the go, has got a job, not sleeping. Maybe starting with like the Mediterranean diet as a sort of oh, a- so with with like relation to diet, absolutely. For me, it's I 
I don't necessarily recommend a diet. What mm-hmm. I'll do is recommend that they kind of follow a 40-30-30 macro platform. Okay. So they start with 40% carbohydrates. And when I say carbohydrates, I'm talking vegetables, low glycemic fruits, mm-hmm. and 30% proteins, 30% fats. They do that for two weeks. We see how they're doing, and we make the necessary modifications. So again, it's a little bit like keto, Mediterranean diet, paleo. So it's a little bit of all of them combined to see how they start feeling. If they just need support and they need a a plan, then following Mediterranean diet would probably work really, really well, reducing the amount of processed carbs. And also they have to cook for their family. So it's a great family meal time. Because I'm thinking they have to. A lot of women don't have the luxury of time. Mm Mm-hmm. If they're, if they're raising kids, working, yep. running from place to place, mm-hmm. they have yep. to have something that works for the whole family. Yep. And they may serve their kids some of these, like, more grains and potatoes, yep. but not have them themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking of we have to always meet people at where they're where at. Where they're at. You and have to always meet them where they're at. We can't be talking them out of their lives. No. So. no. And that's the thing I think happens a lot of times when they go to these, mm-hmm. like, places, like, I won't name them, but some of these places have, like, you know, produce food and meal plans that you have to follow. That's mm-hmm. not living your life. No, right. you know, so exactly. it's, it's kind of like so that those are great suggestions in terms of pyramid because women mm-hmm. are mostly going to be talking about like Candace said, insomnia, low libido. Mm-hmm. They're exhausted. Well, so, and the thing with um, insomnia, so you're so tired, so your body's going to crave energy. Mm-hmm. When your body craves energy, it craves sugar. Right. And that's where right. the dates and come in. And so, you know, giving them alternatives right. to instead of grabbing handfuls of M&Ms every time mm-hmm. they walk by their coworker's office or a soda or a combination thereof, giving them alternatives Chocolate to... Chocolate fat bombs. Yes, absolutely <laughs> tasty, yeah. you know, alternatives. And they do really, really well on them. And so, also nut butters and celery. Absolutely. and There's so many good oh, snacks that we can and take. Apples butter. But I mean, again, so just so that our listeners know, we're going to be posting a lot of these things on our website. Yeah. And the, some of the recipes that are really fun when we took, we talked about this before Tracy's class last year, we, all, we were all not eating sugar for 21 days of any kind. Mm-hmm. So we were making these chocolate fat bombs with dates, and they were pretty, pretty amazing. How about the banana nut muffins? Oh, my God. Where the sweetener the was only, <laughs> it was only a little bit of applesauce, it was, unsweetened applesauce. They delicious. Were delicious. They were delicious. I still, that is still the vehicle to my butter, though. I mean, the ratio of muffin to butter is still more butter than muffin. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I wanted to, to comment on the, you were mentioning other things that you need to look at, you know, the kinds of things people are exposed to, this, yeah. these sort of women. And and then when we talk about insomnia, that link between, yes, the sh- increased sugar cravings, but also the sleep-wake cycle appetite hormones, yep. which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Um, yep. You know, if you see a person with a high cortisol at night on a hormone mm-hmm. test result, and and they tell you they're not sleeping. Um, generally, there's a big link between ghrelin and leptin, which sound yep. like the little appetite elves, but uh, ghrelin being the hunger hormone, right? Yep. T- seems to plummet when you get less than something like six hours sleep. Mm-hmm. We call them short sleepers. And the leptin hormone, no, ghrelin goes up so ghrelin that you're hungry. Up. You're more yes. hungry, and leptin, leptin the hormone that tells you you're full, goes down, yeah. right? Yep. So you're all messed up, and you're eating yeah. even when you're not hungry. And you're eating. And you never feel full. Right. No. There's this sense of never... constantly eating. Yeah. So yeah. that lack of sleep thing seems like something that you would have to tackle as sleep part. Sleep is so critical to overall health. Mm-hmm. 
as is and weight drinking control. water. Yes. Yeah. The number one recommendation for me, especially with women who want to lose weight, the number one place I always start with people is drink more water. It's amazing. When you are dehydrated, you yeah. crave food. Mm-hmm. And you think you're and hungry, you think but you're, you're actually hungry. thirsty. Yes, sure. And you're but actually just thirsty. That's quite a revelation, actually. For something. And then if you're drinking like these sugared sodas or oh, diet sodas, yeah. and you're drinking all these things that are diuresing, and you're constantly more thirsty, you're Absolutely. looking for food that's going to yep. be bad for and you. And they are loaded with sugar. They are loaded. I mean, 43 grams. I look at these things. So, I so you think foods. about that. The average, the average American, the recommended daily allowance of added sugars is 25 grams Mm -hmm. if you have a non-fat 16 ounce non-fat mocha from Starbucks, it's like 54 grams I know. of sugar. It's oh. and a, and a, what is it? An eight-ounce glass of soda mm-hmm. has seven teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. So when it's people are trying to get off of sugar, I'm done. I, I say to them, take a glass mm-hmm. of water and add seven teaspoons of sugar and drink it. Right? Go, Ooh, and I'm like, yeah. that's soda. So when I teach my classes, I put 11 teaspoons of sugar or 12 or 15 mm-hmm. or whatever is in the respective food that I'm demonstrating and have them hold it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what you're, this is what you're eating or drinking right now. It's pretty and amazing. It's just, well, I remember I mean, doing a, a something in class when my kids were little, when they had, they would lose their teeth, and we'd save them and put teeth in a glass of Coke, <laughs> and they would see their tooth just sort of fall apart and demineralize, and they'd get it. Well, don't you remember a couple of years ago they did a study on uh, the sugar content in food, and they said something like Prego. Mm-hmm. I think it was a half cup of Prego had more sugar than two Oreos. Yeah. So people who are eating like these like processed sauces oh, yeah. that are available. Condiments, like everything. Ketchup, everything has copious amounts of sugar. It's amazing. So, but so. tomatoes are healthy. Yes. If, you, if you're not no averse to nightshades. <laughs> right. So the tomato itself is not oh, a it's problem. It's full of lycopene. There's full of ama- tons yeah. of things. The tomatoes so are amazing. But, right. you know. You, you one can, other thing you I want to destroy anything. <laughs> you by processing. It. I wanted to loop back to one other thing you said when you were talking about this this scenario of the perimenopausal woman who doesn't eat yeah. for long periods of time. Do you find in your practice that these women understand that they are killing their metabolism, that their metabolic rate is going down, and that their body's holding on I to whatever it can get? get? It, Do they get but it? I think I think they get it, but I think they're just they're just stuck. Mm-hmm. I think most people that walk in our respective offices, definitely mine, mm-hmm. they just feel stuck. Mm-hmm. There is this concept of they, I, I know what I need to do, but I don't know how to do it and how to do it sustainably. And they get stuck in their own bodies because a and, lot of them come yeah. in and say, I remember when I was young, if I wanted to lose five pounds by the weekend, all I had to do was X yeah. and they've lost it. And you just well, can't. they get really stuck in what used to work. Exactly, and it's a new we, body, it's a and new time. exactly, and that's what is I'm doing really all the same things that right. you always do. did. And that's the hardest part is you yeah. kind of have to redefine what your new new is, exactly, mm-hmm. because what used to work isn't going to work in this new metabolic stage that you're in, and so being able to accept that and mm-hmm. redefine that. Is and new goals. Really important. And not and being able goals. to, and I think if, you, if you've had children or have had any kind of trauma in your life, you're not going to fit in the genes the way you used to, the same way. Your body's right. not going to look the same. Mm-mm. No matter yep. how hard you work at it's very, or, it's, or it, it takes so much effort. <laughs> right. That's all you're going to be doing. So it's like you have to have a, an acceptance mm-hmm. of aging that's 
healthy. Absolutely. And loving your body. When you were talking about... It's the, kind of a privilege if you think about well, it. Well, the voices you were saying before about the internal dialogue that women have, yeah. we all have done it, number one. We all have heard it with our daughters and, and our sons. And I feel like we have to have gratitude for the bodies we have yep. over and over again. We get up every day. Our bodies are healthy. They move. Mm-hmm. We have to nourish them to keep mm-hmm. them going. But it, it, how grateful we can be for these bodies right. at work. And so yep. reframing the way we look at ourselves is important, too. Well, and mm-hmm. also getting people to focus on the wins mm-hmm. instead of, you know, what they're not. Like, I had a client. She's like, I only lost two pounds. I'm like, you lost two pounds. Like, that's magnificent. Mm-hmm. That demonstrates that your body's willing to let go of weight. Like, that's lost, huge. And you've really lost two pounds. And you've really, really lost two pounds. Like, celebrate that. Yeah, not like you've lost 10 pounds in a week and it's going to come right back on when you go back Absolutely. to the way you eat. Like, you're doing this just in a sustainable way. Right. You right. Know? So before we wrap this up, because yeah. we we said we wanted to be condensing this all, I don't want to ignore the menopausal woman True. who often is in a state of... Um, weight gain that has talk about being stuck like Mm -hmm. it's not going anywhere and they really have given up and now they're depressed and now they have they might have diabetes and they might have Mm -hmm. thyroid issues Mm -hmm. and they're often estrogen dominant and there's a big tie-in with high estrogen and 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 underperforming thyroid so there are so many issues around thyroid Mm -hmm. Um, people think if they can lose weight it's got to be a thyroid issue Mm -hmm. but it isn't always is it it isn't always what do you what do you find with these gals so they seem to be some of the trickiest ones I'm not going to lie Um, you know and but again it's looking at looking at what they're eating what their body's doing with what they're eating how much are they sleeping how active are they mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being active mm-hmm. especially in this postmenopausal is really critical from a bone density perspective from a longevity Huge perspective from an anti-aging point. perspective right. building muscle building muscle you know and so that is a big big part of this um but losing weight at this stage can be a little bit more more difficult um, but it's not impossible and it's absolutely achievable. It's just, it's this piece of mindfulness around what you're eating, how much you're eating. You know, I have a client who is like, I can't ever lose weight. I can't ever lose weight. But I also know she's eating out all the time and mm-hmm. going out all the time and traveling all the time. And so, you know, it does make it m- more difficult. Um, but you also have to live your life. Mm-hmm. So it goes back <clears> to this acceptance and this gratitude exactly um, and, it, and like we said health span right it's about more than losing weight it's about yeah. having a healthy weight especially yeah. as you're in menopause yeah, yeah. I mean, accepting but, that you're not going to fit into your kit your teen jeans five or ten pounds overweight is not considered overweight so when no. you start getting the belly fat which is the, yeah which is the worst fat and we know mm-hmm. that we hear that over and over again the belly fat mm-hmm. is the worst fat in terms of heart disease and yeah. diabetes so so we don't want to concentrate so we don't want to, there. but we want to make sure we're not estrogen dominant we want yep. to make sure that we are exercising exercising Mm -hmm. because that does keep the belly fat off and we're eating the right kinds of foods but I have found women in this you know menopausal postmenopausal state are doing really well on keto Mm -hmm. they're doing really well on intermittent fasting so when you do the combination of exercise plus intermittent fasting plus keto and really fats good proteins really at the end of the day kind of the the whole message here is just really limiting processed foods and yep. processed carbohydrates. That's the one common denominator mm-hmm. amongst all of them. You're right. I think so too. That's good. So 
Everybody feel good about what we've talked about today? Yeah. Okay. I, I think we've got to the essentials and we covered it. Great so, place to... Uh, yeah. So it's pretty obvious that diet, weight, healthy lifestyle issues tend to be, obviously, one of the most important and pressing topics of our everyday lives. We are so bombarded by various media sources, as well as we have family and friends and colleagues who are meaning with well-meaning. They each have their own spin and their expertise telling you how to lose weight. So it becomes very confusing. And, but just like achieving hormone balance, we know this is not a one-size-fits-all approach or solution. We have clearly shown, I think, in these conversations, these last two podcasts, uh, that there's a fusion and there's a way and there's different times and different places to try different things on. It's not set in stone. If you try to set in stone, oftentimes you begin to fail. We're hoping to help you succeed and have an optimal and healthy lifestyle. We are definitely going to be revisiting this thread because it's a big one in the future podcasts. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Tracy, for coming, Candice, as well. I love having you as my colleague and, <laughs> and co-conspirator in this we great are. podcast. Yeah. So to your health, until we meet again, this is Kyle. This is Candace. And this is Tracy. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Well, here we are at the end of this WTF, Woman Talking Frankly, podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be well. And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candace. Our website is womentalkingfrankly.com, where you can find all of our episodes, check out the show notes for resources, articles, and remedies, and where you can also feel free to email us with any questions, a hormone story, anything you'd like us to share with our listeners. Women Talking Frankly, WTF, is produced by Dan Rigger of Medicine Whistle Studios in his lovely Southeast Portland, Oregon studio. We want to thank our webmaster and dear friend, Deb Hollister of Pure and Simple Graphic Design. We also want to give a shout out to all of our family, friends, and patients for all of their support and encouragement to start this podcast. We are your hosts, Kyle McAvoy and Candace Birch. <laughs>